Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Kei te whakarongo mai koe ki tō tātou au hurihuri. Hei hōtaka e pāna ki a papatua nuku tangaroa me ranginui. You're with our Changing World on Radio New Zealand National. And now... The health of honeybees. Bees are in trouble worldwide. Here in New Zealand, the number of hives has been increasing because of growing interest in manuka honey. But even here, there's been a surge in unexplained colony losses. Diseases, pests, pesticides, starvation and overstocking have all been blamed. But to get a clearer idea of the causes, Landcare Research has launched New Zealand's first national survey of bee health. Veronica talks to the survey's director, Pike Brown, but first she meets beekeeper Frank Lindsay as he inspects some of his hives at the start of spring. So you're just burning pine needles in there? Yep, that's your eye. That overwhelms the bee's sense of communication, so they can't... Put alarm pheromone, well, they put alarm pheromone out when you disturb them, but it doesn't get transmitted to the rest of the hive. So these few hives that you've got in your front garden... Yeah, they're nucleus colonies. They started off, we overwinter nucleus as the spare colonies. You'll just... Calm them down a bit with this milk? Yeah. This is a strong colony. So when, at this nice. time of the year, when you come out here to check, yep. how do you assess... How healthy a hive is? By colony strength. We're not wearing any gear, by the way, so... You could put a bee suit on, but generally they're fairly friendly. So far, so good. I mean, there's lots of them, but yeah. you wouldn't want to be scared of them. But if you're well, not, it's crawling. fine. <laughs> one's crawling in my ear. <laughs> so, I'm grateful for my long hair at this point. <laughs> no, you mightn't be. <laughs> they get stuck in long hair, you'll know about it. So what we're doing anyway in the springtime is we actually check the food. And there should be frames, at least three frames of honey in the hive. That's got nothing. And this is frames of honey in here, you see? Oh, yeah. yeah. So they're bringing in wet nectar, new nectar. Mm-hmm. Or they're converting some of that sugar into nectar. The weather's been so wet yeah. and cold that they really can't fly much. You can touch bees. They're used to being touched all the time. But no, yeah, she's I'll not. give that one a pass, I think. Basically, in beekeeping, you just calm, and you know, they, if you give off a pheromone being scared, they're attracted to it. So, if you're not scared, you don't need to worry. And the bees are quite mild. These little strips in here to control varroa. Oh, yep. That's what I was wondering, you know, how you check on that. So, you don't have to look at every bee or no, just no, check whether they have it. It's too small for In this case, eye. we've got what they call mesh bottom boards at the outdoor. And I can put a slide in the bottom of the hive, and any varroa dropping, you can count the numbers, and that will give you an indication of how much varroa is in the hive. And when you're looking at their health, your general health, how they come through the winter, how healthy the hive is, whether there's varroa or not. So for the varroa, you've got the strip to yep. check for the mite? That's one of our treatments. Here we use formic acid as well. Um, sometimes you'll see bees without wings, which is a deformed wing virus. Yeah. I've seen that in quite a few hives this spring. So that means the varroa are not under control, but if they weren't under control, they are now. But the virus lasts, it persists for another six months, and that's why it can debilitate hives. And the bees get the virus mostly through varroa? Or yeah, it's it spread through varroa. Yeah, it's spread through varroa. 
in terms of colony losses, is that one of the main contributors to that virus? It is. So overall, if you look at bee health in New Zealand, the, the reason for the survey is that there hasn't been any baseline data really. There's a lot of you know, discussion and evidence of uh, loss and hmm. you know, declining bee health and declining bee numbers, but not a database. What's your assessment? Well, of? since Varroa came, before Varroa came, beekeeping was really easy. You'd leave a beehive in the garden and it just flourished. And swarms would come along and you could just pick them up and start again. When Varroa came, within three years, all those feral populations were wiped out and only one of those being managed existed. And what happens in New Zealand, there's a gold rush on at the moment for Manuka. And so beekeeping's expanding like mad. So when they say, oh, your bee health is good, how can it be good for you expanding? But beekeepers are actually increasing their colonies despite the losses. So we are losing bees to varroa, when to queenlessness. The queens don't last as long because you're putting chemicals in the hive. We've got a new pathogen which has come in possibly with the um, PSA, but came in on pollen or something anyway, and that's a gut parasite. And that's really killed, last spring it killed thousands of hives. So some people lost 50% of their hives in the Wairapa and up north. And was clearly identifiable to that particular parasite, well, a gut parasite? I think it's that. They found another one now because the chemistry is so good, you can pick up all sorts of things now. So they found a new organism, which may not be a new organism, it's just something you could find now. But Nasema is something we dealt with 30 years ago, we haven't seen, and suddenly we're seeing it again. And so we've got a new Nasema virus, and that's going to go right through our bees. Our bees don't really have any resistance to it whereas they have um, apha, in the semen aphis, they've got a resistance to that, we've bred resistance, so that's why you never see that problem. But some of these things, the spring looking some of the hives, I'm now seeing spotting from the sema, which is unusual, we haven't seen that before. So there's things going on, deformed wing virus, all those things are contributing. Beekeeping is expanding, but at the same time we're getting losses. And from each this colony here, I could make two or three colonies. And so beekeepers can actually expand the units despite them dying. So we don't ha really have an idea of what our losses are. And so around the world they're saying beekeeping is under threat. If you look at our statistics in New Zealand, no it's not. But we still don't know how many dying, so we're doing the surveying. This is the first New Zealand colony loss and survival survey. The survey questionnaire is based on an international survey that's been developed by the COLOS Honeybee Research Association, which is based in Switzerland. And COLOS is Colony Loss and Survival. They are a nonprofit organization that's comprised of researchers and veterinarians, some extension specialists and students. And their membership comes from more than 75 countries, including some prominent beekeepers from New Zealand. So obviously the loss of bees is a global problem, but are the causes the same across all the countries and regions? Well, I don't think that that's the case. The organization is focused on improving the, the well-being of bees at a global level, and one of the ways that they do that is to monitor colony loss and survival through surveys of, of beekeepers. And they ran this for the first time uh, six years ago, ran the survey for the first time six years ago, and it has grown each year since implementation. So far, the survey has been conducted in 31 countries, and the, the last time they ran it, more than 23,000 beekeepers reported in. As far as I'm aware, uh, the New Zealand survey will be the first time that this has been done in the Southern Hemisphere. So can you define colony loss for me? Well, colony losses can stem from 
lots of different types of problems. Um, so in this particular case, we're going to be looking at colony losses over winter of 2015, and we're going to be looking at things uh, like colony deaths, which could be due to starvation. Uh, we're including information on varroa monitoring and treatment. Um, people sometimes have problems with queens. Uh, Others will lose uh, hives due to wasps or, or other natural predators. American fowl brood might be a problem. Um, weather and vandalism are, are problems, too. So it's really looking at all forms of, of colony loss. And with the survey, you want to get an assessment of where the New Zealand industry is at as a starting point, really, as a baseline? That's right, so that we can understand uh, where our losses are, how they compare internationally, and, and how they track over years. Has that not been done after the introduction of the Varroa mite, which has now been you know, with us in New Zealand for quite a few years? Yeah, Varroa came to New Zealand, I think, in the year 2000. And as far as I know, most of the, the evidence is anecdotal. Certainly, the, the big beekeepers keep close tabs on that, but there really hasn't been, uh, I don't think, a very concerted effort to collect data on a nationwide level. And what do you hope to get from the survey, if you imagine that this is the baseline you, obviously, in terms of actually analyzing data, you'd have to have at least a year's worth of, you know, the next point in some well, way, or will the first one deliver some data of interest? Oh, I think that the, even the first one will be will be interesting. Um, I think that this is an opportunity for us to use an international standard to start tracking New Zealand's bees so that we can understand emerging problems for the New Zealand industry. One thing that may be uh, useful to know is that we've tried to tailor the content uh, of the survey to the needs of New Zealand beekeepers. So while it's an international survey, um, one good example is the food source. So Manuka honey production, for example, is very important to New Zealand, it's, and it's key for the industry. So it's important for us to ask about that, even though they won't be doing that in the northern hemisphere. Uh, and another example is how varroa is being treated and monitored. Some techniques that are used in other countries are not in use in New Zealand and, and vice versa. So I think that it's really important to underscore the fact that this is a, a New Zealand-specific survey, even though we're allowing for international comparisons. Um, I think it's also important to talk about the fact that, that some of the underlying conditions may be different in New Zealand than in other parts of the world. Certainly, we have problems with habitat loss. Um, we have increasing honeybee pests and diseases. There have been pollen shortages and bee malnutrition that stem from the shortage of declining floral resources. And I think that many would argue that pollination services that are provided by bees are also not recognized, and that by starting to enter data into a survey like this and following trends over time, we'll be able to, to better understand the importance of bees and also how better to protect them. And that was Pike Brown, the Director of Landcare Research's Bee Colony Loss and Survival Survey. You also heard from beekeeper Frank Lindsay, and you can find a link to the survey on our webpage, radionz.co.nz forward slash Our Changing World. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. Or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com.